Welcome to the Census Hole Podcast. We are your hosts, Shanna and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Yes, thank you for joining us again this week. We will be talking about past lives. First of all, can we just talk about the fact that it's already September? Like, where did this year go? It it's goes fall. I'm not ready for it. And it goes from, you know, then we'll have Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas. Ah! And I'm sure they'll be playing <laughs> Christmas music next week in the stores. <laughs> Probably. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Synchronicity podcast. We got lots of positive feedback. It seemed like people really enjoyed it. And we had a lot of people participate. And today, we're talking about past lives. I also had a lot of our listeners send me uh, stuff that they've experienced in their life about past lives. So we just want to thank you all for you know, emailing us and talking to us because we love to hear your stories. We're going to talk about something today that mm, isn't really a topic that you hear like in just some everyday casual talking. It's kind of one of those ones that are either people are all in or they're kind of shy away from it. I personally am incredibly intrigued by past lives. And I know that's how we landed here on our journey. It was part of our journey. Right. I think that people joke all the time and will say like, oh, I bet you were this in your past life. Or how I always joke about how I think your dog is your dad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Reincarnated. But it's also having that strange connection to a place or time period. I often think it's funny. Kids will love classical music or Mm -hmm. just from a different genre. And they're just so connected and just have like this natural attraction to a different time. Well, it's interesting you should say that because one of my Facebook followers shared a story about how she took her son to the Music Hall of Fame and he sat down and put on some headphones and just started singing the every single word to this song that was like incredibly old and she said the look on his face was like he was home. Yeah. And she incredible. has no idea how he knew the words to this song because it's it's not like some common song that anyone's ever heard. So wow, it was that is cool. incredible. Yeah. Or you know, you could even have a strange connection to a place that you visit and you've never been there before, but yet it's so familiar to you and you have like the strong connection with. In our last episode we talked about synchronicity and I definitely think that what you're led to discovering your past life through a series of synchronicities. My personal beliefs are based on my personal experiences with past lives. I have had two past life regressions and I've discovered that both of them also could have very well been in my ancestral tree. And from what I've read that a lot of times it usually is in the family, but that doesn't always have to be the case. What is a past life regression for our listeners that don't know? Past life regression is when you are put under hypnosis they kind of lead you into this empty canvas for you to fill in and to kind of paint your life or whatever you're seeing. They ask you questions, but they're very general questions. They're not suggesting anything. Really, they are just guiding you and you are the one who's actually giving them all of the information. Okay, and then they just write it down for you. Some, Some record it. And a lot of times people will even go between lives where you're like in this heaven state. Speaking of which, I found a book. I just found it. 
a couple days ago that a woman had given me many years ago called Destiny of Souls. And it's about just that. It's case studies of life between lives. And there are many in here. I'd highly suggest this book. It's Michael Newton. It was definitely a good find and synchronicity that I found it because there's a lot of good case studies in there. Well, one of my favorite movies back in, this movie is from 1987. It's called Made in Heaven. And this, I, growing up, I feel like maybe I was the only one who loved this movie because not many people know about this movie. But if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It is old, but it's still so good. I watched it the other night because I thought about it. So the character Mike, played by Timothy Hutton, he dies and he goes to heaven. And he meets this girl there. She's played by Kelly McGillis. And she is an angel and she's never been to earth before. Well, he and her fall in love in heaven. Okay, Aww. they even he built her a house. They're a planning house. on getting yes, and they're planning on getting married. They're very much in love. And then uh oh, she's going to be born. So she's going to be leaving heaven now to become a baby. He's freaking out because he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm in love with this angel. And so he goes to Emmett, who is like strange character. He smokes and he's <laughs> Hey, he's strange. He's got to be cigarettes in heaven, right? So he goes to this this guy and he says, "You got to send me down with her." I, you know, I love her, and so Emmett's like, "Fine, I'll give you thirty years to find her." And if you don't find her in thirty years, there's no guarantee that you'll come back here, but you'll never ever be together if you don't find her in thirty years. Whoa! So he's like, "I'll take the chance. Send me back as a boy. Aww. She's going down as a girl." So they both go down. The rest of the movie is just them trying to find each other by the 30th birthday. So, such a good movie. It is, it is definitely a love story. I and wish I've, I would have watched oh, it. I've always loved that movie. In that movie, it's funny because a lot of what many people who have studied past lives suggest happens. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like, so, for instance, in the movie, he runs into some of the people that he met in heaven in his in his now second life, and they're there to support him and kind of guide him. Oh. So, like, maybe part of a soul family or a oh. soul group. But past lives, reincarnation, mm-hmm. you know, believing that we die physically, mm-hmm. but that our souls don't die. They return into another life. I believe with my own personal experience as well that past lives do exist and I was telling Shanna that I think a reason we don't just know our past lives is because there's like this cosmic rule that protects us because if we did know all of our past lives it would be way overwhelming and we'd be constantly stuck in the past. So religion has long spoke about reincarnation. The older religions like Hinduism and Buddhist, these religions do believe mm-hmm. that souls reincarnate. Christianity doesn't really agree with reincarnation. Yeah, it's definitely um, a touchy topic. I consider myself Christian, but people would say, how could you possibly consider yourself Christian if you believe in reincarnation? I like to consider myself an open-minded Christian. There you go. Yeah. Well, Jesus did mention in the New Testament about John the Baptist. He he said that John the Baptist was Elijah reincarnated. Yeah. 
you know, many people believe that there are many chapters that were taken out of the Bible that suggest that they were trying to cover up the belief of reincarnation. But I didn't actually spend a lot of time looking into that. I think that as part of my journey, I just had to research it myself. And I would suggest that our listeners do that. I did read that one in every four American does believe in reincarnation. Yeah. So Brian Weiss of Many Lives, Many Masters, he said, One of the most common signs of a past life is a deja vu. The sensation that you might have met this person or place or visited someplace previously. And I think that most people have experienced deja vu. I feel like I had a lot of them when I was younger. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Now they're few and far between. So signs that you may have a past life, you can have moles, they say, like actual physical signs on your body, or you can also have some sort of defects on your body or even health issues. So for example, um, the mole might have been where they got shot in their past life or accident from the past. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Some mental illnesses, they say, can be connected to possibly your past life. Some phobias. Mm -hmm. I actually asked our listeners to tell me about some of their phobias, and I was shocked. And thank you guys for sharing, but there were so many. One person had phobias of tornadoes. Another person shared that they had a phobia of thunder, but not lightning. Hmm. Um, One had a phobia of cotton balls. There, I have to mention this one because I couldn't help but crack up, but it's pantherophobia. It's the fear of your mother-in-law. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can you believe it actually has a name? That's hilarious. No, snakes were obviously a common one. There was people that were afraid of fish, being held down. Lots of people had fear of water, mm-hmm. phobias of heights, audible phobia. That one was really interesting. So it's where they, you know, the hearing, like a lot of hearing affects them to the point where they become like paralyzed in fear. Wow. Yeah. Then elevators and pool drains. There was another one that was called trifophobia, which is a phobia of like, if you were to look at a piece of tile and it had little weird holes in it. Wow. I mean, there's so many phobias out there that I wasn't aware of. And the reason I asked listeners to share these was because a lot of times these can come from something that happened in a past life. If you go all the way back and there's nothing there, well, where did this come from? That's how Brian Weiss actually ended up discovering past lives with his first client that he had. He was bringing her back, not to do a past life regression, he was bringing her back to do some like inner child work okay. and just regressing her back. And then finally he just said after like a year of hypnotherapy work with her, Go uh-huh. back to when your your first problem was, basically. Yeah. And she went back all the way to, like, Egyptian time. <laughs> Whoa. He was probably like, wow. Well, he totally was because yeah. he didn't believe in past life regressions and mm-hmm. wasn't really a spiritual person at the time and realized this is actually something. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. He speaks all over the world. He, uh, he still does, yeah. Yeah. Another um, thing I wanted to say is sometimes it can be the opposite of a phobia. It can be like an obsession. So a friend of mine had shared that since the day her son was born, he has been absolutely obsessed with fish. 
and when we say obsessed, like he wants to, her to take him to the grocery store and he gets muscles and clams and he likes to pop them open and look at them and feel them. His dream since he was a little boy is to go to the ocean and to see fish. He likes any sort of ocean, um, cr you know, like the crustaceans and anything. When I used to go to that studio and you put on the old fashioned clothes mm -hmm. and you take pictures with your family, yeah. I think it was that, um, Casa Bonita yeah, here in Colorado, right. they yeah. used to have one. Mm -hmm. I always felt like it was familiar to me when I put on the clothes. What are some other ways that you, and signs that you may have a past life? My oldest daughter and I, we just discovered just a few days ago that her and I have a re reoccurring dream that is the same place. And it's not a place that we've oh, ever yeah. been to or even that we've ever seen or heard of. You know, and so as we were talking about the stream, we were like freaking out because I was like, what? You seen that too? Yeah. And we just went on and on and there were so many synchronicities and similarities yeah. that there was absolutely no way that we were saying the same things at the same time. We've had this dream many times, yeah. her and I both. Yeah, I was there to witness it. It was like they were completing each other's sentences on what they saw in these yeah, reoccurring dreams. I had a reoccurring dream that I can still remember when I was like six of a wolf. Another way would be also mystery pain. I thought that was so interesting. If you have just this random mystery pain and there's no explanation for it, hmm. that could be why. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, all of these things we're talking about go back to what me and Shanna always mention, awareness. So when you have the dreams, journaling them, bringing awareness to them. Same with the mystery pains, the deja vus, you know, journal, 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 and connect the dots. Another one is, of course, the one we all want, and that is meeting your soulmate. Yeah. You right. know, when you meet someone and you continue to show up in each other's lives, even though you're not keeping in touch is one way or and there's so many strange synchronicities mm -hmm. or you meet someone and you just feel like you've known them before oh my god my kids got so sick of me saying to, to random strangers um have i met you before they've like stop you haven't you, you haven't met everyone <laughs> I met a woman once at a volleyball game and instantly I, my eyes were completely, you know, focused on her in the stands and I couldn't figure out why. And then she came up to me out of the blue and just started talking to me and I truly felt like I had known her and met her. And it was just this, you know, when you feel it, it's a connection. Right. I also felt that way when I held Sloan and for the first time and for many months, after when I would hold her in the nursery, I would mm -hmm. look at her and I was like, I have met her before. I know her. Yeah. 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 You just know it. You can feel it in your gut. So just those strong, strange, unexplained connections to people and places. I also want to bring up that foreign accent syndrome. Mandy, tell us about that. You looked into this. It is just insane that they even have a diagnosis of foreign accent syndrome. syndrome. So this was so fun to research. Yeah. If and you have never actually seen somebody do it, you can YouTube foreign accent syndrome and it'll blow your mind. It, it totally blows my mind. I actually kind of wish I had a foreign accent syndrome because some of, some of them sound so cool and I love the British accent. Me and my friend Britt would always like pretend we are British. Mine's horrible though. Foreign accent syndrome, FAS, is a speech disorder where you can't stop speaking in a foreign accent. And it's very, very different from your 
normal right. speech. It's like it's definitely not like down the street like accent from Louisiana. No, it's like from a different language. Yes, search and go on YouTube because you will see that this isn't something someone can just fake. No, and I'll tell you that I actually watched one that. They were saying that they could nail down not just the country that this accent was coming from, but the particular village, you know? There was a woman who was speaking with a foreign accent that was a 150-year-old language from a tribe that hadn't been around. It's incredible. I mean, there's Chinese accents. There's Australian. We've Mm -hmm. seen British. I mean, there's just tons of them. It's so random. Yeah. So FAS can happen in two ways. One way can be that you had a brain injury. So it's a major disruption of brain functioning, and it heals it. And it goes away after time. So you can have a brain injury and start having a British accent. Yes. Okay. That's what. That's very the, interesting. <laughs> yes, that's okay. what the doctors have said. Mm-hmm. The other way that you can get FAS is just suddenly, like a past life karma needing healing, and it's crying for you. So it comes out because it's crying and saying, "Heal me." And guess what? This never goes away. Oh, that's so interesting. So, I do. I did hear someone actually say who had this. She said it's more energy for me to speak without the accent and just to speak like mm-hmm. English, like yeah. I used to, than it is for me. It to becomes speak. like their prime language. But I don't even know if I'd call that a disorder. I, I think of it as a gift. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. There are some gifts like that. So is it some sort of like past life soul merging? Because I started sewing at like 36 years old and didn't even know the terminology for sewing. Well, so let's talk about that. That is called sudden solvent syndrome. It's called being a sudden genius. So a person oh. with no injury at all, all of a sudden has this unanticipated talent or gift. So Shanna, I'll use as an example, like one day she just decided to pick up a needle and to crochet. And the next thing I know, there was literally nothing she couldn't make. Yeah, it's amazing. The stories out there are unbelievable. One of my friends on Facebook shared that her daughter told her that she used to live in France and that she was an artist and known to flower shop. She was four at the time. So she went ahead and Googled the name of the street. And sure enough, the street existed. Her daughter is now 14 years old and is an amazing artist. And when I say amazing, I mean absolutely amazing. I'm going to ask her permission to post this onto our sense of, my Sense of Soul Facebook page. Because when you see this work that her 14-year-old daughter does, wow. it is absolutely mind-blowing. It's definitely a sudden savant syndrome. I mean, she just was gifted with this ability. There are people out there that just start playing the piano and they've never ever listened to music or yeah, studied that's music. Real genius. Mathematics yeah. is a big one. Like these people all of a sudden see everything in their vision as graphs and yeah, circles. Yeah, if, if mathematics start <laughs> happening for me, wait a minute. We are going to have to write a book on that. Yeah, because I suck at math too. You know, another one is that's a little bit different. It's called bilingual aphasia, which is when a person wakes up from a coma and they speak another language. So the sudden sadness so syndrome an accent. is a gift. No. Right. And then the bilingual aphasia is not an accent. They are actually speaking another language. That is incredible. And most people are probably familiar because CNN did a huge story on this soccer player named Ruben, and I'm not going to say his last name, I'm going to spell it N-S-E-M-O-N. He was a 16-year-old kid who had a head injury during a soccer game. And woke up speaking fluent Spanish. Wow. Okay. So being someone who's actually been in a coma, 
When I read this, I didn't like how they have chalked it off as basically a disorder. Yeah. Because to me, that's a gift. And it's not that you're, they're saying that it's that's a, incredible. A, it's, yeah, it's incredible. And they're saying it's um, like a disorder, a speech disorder, but we're talking a full language. Yeah. And when I was in my coma, I believe my soul had left my body and merged with my old self. And so I was kind of bummed, actually, I didn't come back with any gifts. Well, I did come back with spiritual gifts, but I wish right. I would have been able to play the piano well, or the I drums. Mean, <laughs> just like when I was reading French. I mean, that only, you know, occurred during that time. Mm -hmm. I'd only taken like maybe two years of French in my life. And that was like in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. So that blew my mind. Right. And another thing I would like to state is there are some cases where people did not actually go into a coma. There was a woman who was under anesthesia and was having surgery and she woke up speaking another language. There was a kid from Australia who woke up from being in the hospital for three weeks and he spoke fluent Japanese and now he works with the Japanese. I mean, I can't believe they call it a disorder of some sort. It's just, it's, that's unbelievable. It's, that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. I me. agree. Oh, so I think it's weird. You know, my daughter Kinsley, actually, she was singing a song for a good two years. She was probably like three, four, five years old. And she was singing this tune in this random language that we didn't know what it was. It was always the same sound and tones and words, but they were not known to anybody around her. So... But we just thought she kind of made it up. Children are the most common to recall past lives. And they mm-hmm. usually do this between, they say, two to six, seven years old. Because they have more memories from the life before than they, than they have actually made memories here on Earth. Whoa. So in that once they eventually start to fill up with memories here on Earth, now they're going to lose those memories of the lives before. Um, in fact... Mandy and I watched this documentary, The Boy Who Lived Before. I would highly recommend it. They investigate and confirm the child's recall of his past life. It's a really good documentary. It is. This is just a little kid who had been talking about his past life for years. Very emotionally attached to the stories that he would tell. And he really missed his mother from the past life. He knew where they were from and he would... He knew their last name. Yes. And so the mom and and an investigator just decided to go ahead and take him there and try to find and validate for this child that the things that he was saying was real. And they really were able to validate many things. Well, and you could also see the emotions his mom carried because she was confused and she was also a little concerned. So the research they did really helped her get to a comfortable place with it too because he was yeah. very persistent and consistent in his stories. Yes, he was. And honestly, my daughter's recall of past lives is actually how I started researching past lives years ago. I never read any of Brian Weiss's books before or had thought too much about it. I had had people say to me before, oh, you're an old soul. You might have been this in your past life, stuff like that. You know, I had astrologers tell me that, psychics. But I never really put too much thought into it until the day that my daughter, Kinsley, she was, she had just turned five. And she just out of the blue, she said, did you know, mom, I was once an old man? And we just kind of laughed, and and she was kind of serious, and she said, yeah, my name was John Williamson. 
And we're like, okay, it was my oldest daughter. Right. But we kind of just ignored it and just went on with the rest of the night, just thought she was being silly. I did think it was weird because this is my little girl who loves, you know, princesses and mermaids. And if she was going to be anything in her past life, I, I just can't explain why she'd want to be an old man. But we never said anything more to her until about three months later, out of the blue, she says to me, did you know, Mom, that before I was with you, I lived in Hawaii. Now I'm thinking about John Williamson. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute. And so I questioned her this time. Well, tell me more about that. And her answer was, I don't know. I was only a baby. And so then you know, we questioned her a little more and I start thinking about all of the little songs and sayings that she had. Yeah. Like for the past few years. And one of them was very tribal sounding, like very very Hawaii tribal sounding. And Mm -hmm. my oldest daughter and I did some research and sure enough, I mean, that song is like almost right on with like these chanting tribal luau kind of songs that I was not familiar with. And I think it's important to mention that a lot of times when she was talking about this stuff, it was very nonchalant. It wasn't like she was trying to get attention. She'd seen the song while she was playing with her dolls. Yeah, It was very matter of fact. Left field. And she would not make up more story. If she didn't know, she didn't know. Like, Like we asked her, Oh, well, what part of Hawaii? She was like, I don't know. I was just a baby. You know, she didn't elaborate on anything. Yeah. She knew what she knew, and yeah. that was all she could give yeah. us. Yeah. And I appreciated the fact that you made sure when she was sharing this stuff, you weren't laughing at her, no. that your other children didn't make fun of her, because then it would have cut off what more you had to learn. She wouldn't yeah. have wanted to share. Right. You made her feel comfortable with it. You made her feel like it was okay. Just like she could share it and not be judged. And you know, if you want to read about that story, it's amazing. Shanna did a write-up on our page, mysenseofsoul.com. You know, when we talk about these kids and their past life memories, I have to say that we're not talking about just a few children. Ian Stevenson, he believed in soul evolution over reincarnation. So he believed that that's what reincarnation is, your soul evolving. He had 3,000 cases of children who gave the most insane details. They talked about exactly where they lived before. They knew dates, they knew events, and they knew names. There was one child that was from Lebanon that even remembered the names of 25 family members and they verified it. And this child knew nothing about this family. So the reason I'm mentioning that is, you know, I want our listeners to know there's so much research out there and we're not talking just like 25 children. We're not talking about these ones that had, you know, the bilingual aphasia and the the sudden savant syndrome. These are, there are a lot of people out there experiencing this stuff. Right. So yeah, Kinsley's story actually made me want to do a past life regression. Me to researching past lives. And I, my first book I read was Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. It is an incredible book. I recommend everyone reading it. And he's written many books afterwards. He 
the last book I read of his was just extraordinary. It was about the story of two people who came in different years to see him that he worked with, one man and one woman, and they were actually retelling and recalling the same past life, but in different character, and they end up being soulmates. What is the name of it again? Only Love Israel. So I decided I was going to get myself a past life regression, and Mm -hmm. I've done two of them, and I'll just kind of just quickly explain. My first one, I was um, in Austria. I was a nun, and it was 1432, and I was with the Franciscans. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how I came up with those answers, but that's what I came up with, and then when I researched... Um, Austria 1432 and the Franciscans it all was real and so I've never even thought about Austria before the only thing I know about Austria is I think like Arnold Schwarzenegger was from there or something (laughs) but what was interesting when I started to my family tree I ended up having a lot of people from Austria in my tree really I never knew that I thought only my family was from Czechoslovakia on that side but I guess one time Austria and Czechoslovakia may have been one of the same at some point. And then the second regression I did was, gosh, it was hours long. It was like two hours long. I was on a plantation and my brother owned the plantation. I was in an abusive relationship. I had children. My girls were with me, but my boys were all at war. Wow. It was a long regression. I could go on and on, but I did go through my death, and mm-hmm. I did go to my in-between life. When I did my ancestry tree, that could have been one of at least 40 different women in my tree, that my, my regression could have been validated in my ancestral mm-hmm. tree with that one as well. So, like I said, I don't always think that is the case for everybody, but it has been so far for me, and I bet if I kept digging, I might be able to even narrow it down to a particular person. So when you did these past life regressions, did you find that anything that you learned had helped you heal in this life now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Both of them. Yeah. The nuns that were under the Franciscans, they had one of the most severe vow of poverty. And I, I've been told so many times that I'd, from psychics that I had vow of poverty, but yeah. I needed to, you know, go revisit this vow of poverty and ask them to release it. And so I did. Um, the second one. How's that working out for you? <laughs> I think that I'm just fine with poverty. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I've definitely, you know, released it. You know, yeah. shortly after, you know, I had very many, I had a lot of money coming my way you shortly did. after. You had a lot so, of blessings. Right. Um, after, well, in the second regression, little did I know what I was about to go through with my ancestral healing. So it really helped connect me to that. Mm -hmm. And just to also see how far my, my family and my ancestral line in these people had come and to just realize how very strong and all the freedoms that I have now in my life that mm-hmm. possibly back in a past life I did not. So, um, so it put you in a place of being grateful. Right. Just telling me, Shanna, you don't have to be poor and you're freaking free. <laughs> so start <laughs> owning that. Yeah. Be so, grateful. Right. 
So I'm the type of person that when we do these podcasts, I really pride myself on speaking from a place of experience versus a place of what I've been told to believe. Oh, yeah. So with that being said, I went to Shanna and said, if we're going to do our podcast on this, then I need to do past life regression. I want to experience this. And boy, did I ever. So in my past life regression, I was in Ireland, which is so crazy because I've always been super attracted to Ireland. And I cannot figure out why. And of course, on my father's side, when I did my ancestry, there's a lot of Irish. But I clearly saw that I was the mother of two children mm-hmm. and that I, too, had fear of a husband to the point where I didn't even want to enter the castle of the home that I saw. I was fast forwarded to another life and I experienced a different era where I was on a stagecoach and it felt very familiar and I went through something very emotional and for those who know me and for those that don't I am not a crier I I usually cry in peace and quiet by myself and during this past life regression I experienced my own death and I start crying and I remembered the curtains in the room and it was a very emotional experience for me and this was just last week but I will tell you that based on these two lives that I experienced in my past life regressions, they also very much fit into my ancestry that I've been looking into. So I can't wait to dig into it more. And I think that there can be a lot of healing in it as well. Yeah. You know, I'm almost wondering if that's maybe why I have asthma because what I experienced during the death in one of them. There's just a lot of things that I haven't connected yet that I need to do some more research on. I will say it was emotional. I felt drained after. So if people are going to do one, you know, make sure you've set a day aside because it takes a lot of energy out of you. Like, do you have any other suggestions about that? You know, if you're going to do one, just journal. And things can come not only just right away, but you can start figuring and remembering things like days later even, like, or making sense of things days later. Yeah. So that was very interesting for me to do and very validating. I've had some other things in my life that I felt were part of a past life, but doing the regression was absolutely life-changing right. for me. And then even your in-between life as well was just absolutely crazy. And cr- crazy intense, right. especially because I have crossed over in my real life, and then during this regression, I crossed over again, and to be able to see the two. It was kind of different. It yeah, different. and it was it was very powerful. And you can access past life regressions, like on YouTube, they have a lot of them. I just would read the reviews. You know, someone incredible like Brian Weiss has one, and... Doreen Virtue has some that are very credible. Or, you know, research it and find someone who is, you know... Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even share who I went and saw. She she travels to Colorado like once every three months to do regressions. And we'll put it in the notes maybe or on the website, mysenseofsoul.com. But what are some other ways that we can access our past lives besides past life regressions? The one that I first researched was the Akashic Records. A lot of people might be like, what in the heck is that? (laughs) Shanna, you told me about the records. Gosh, I think it was probably even years ago. Mm -hmm. So the Akashic Records is also known as like the Book of Life. So it's believed that it's like this computer of the universe. Every memory, thought, desire, feeling, intention that any human has ever felt or experienced is stored in this computer 
like files of yes. everybody's yeah. or everything. you can picture it being a library so there was a christian mystic he was a clairvoyant he's very very popular his name is edgar casey he was also called the sleeping prophet i thought that it was interesting to know that 90 percent of what he says he experienced and learned from the akashic records was proven i mean are you kidding me so he would lay on a couch simply put himself into a higher consciousness into a hypnotic state and get information that was about his past, present, and future. What's inf- interesting about that to me, Mandy, is that that's how the shamans do um, soul journeys. Mm-hmm. So they would, what, do the same exact thing, lay down, and but they usually use a drum to get them into the hypnotic state. You don't have to use a drum. They can use other other methods, but basically they would go under to help the... The, the person, you know, to help them, to help guide them into the healing. So just like Edgar Casey did, but just a different method. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, they talk about that. They talk about how basically, just like the shamans, you can use meditation, dreams, energy work, prayer, hypnosis, and Reiki symbols to help you get to these Akashic records and access them. Well, and the word Akashic is actually a Sanskrit word. So the direct translation of Akashic or coming from Akasha in Sanskrit means space or upper sky. Ooh, I love that. So we can all access this if we want. We can use these tools and we can access this where past lives are stored. And they say that right now we just see this small dust of reality in the Akashic records shows us everything so again that is another way that people can access past lives so obviously through meditation and you can find a lot of akashic um meditations on like youtube Mm -hmm. um or they also have um some therapists that actually help you like hypnotherapists that will help you access the akashic records I think it's also important to state that some other people describe it as a dimension of higher consciousness. And then there also are Christians who believe that it is the God's book of life. Mm -hmm. So you can call it whatever you want. But I think the important part is, is that we all know we can access this. Right. Yeah. Um, So you can also see a shaman for past life journeys. And, gosh, it really sounds a lot like what Edgar Casey used to do. But he also used to also bring in the aspect of um, astrology. Yeah, astrology is a, another one. They're called astrology charts. And Shanna and I went to the Mind, Body, and Soul Convention like yeah. two years ago. Right. And there was a gentleman who sat down and showed us what it was. I have to admit it was extremely confusing for me. But it definitely made me want to look more into astrology and appreciate the galaxy and the solar system and I can't wait to dive in and, and the learn Akasha. more about it. And, and the, the Akasha. Upper, upper sky. Yeah. So and also dreams, you know, I think that we've talked a lot about dreams over the past few episodes, but our dreams are really trying to tell us some things. So yeah. I know for me, I just have random dreams. I've never seen these people before in my life. And like I said in earlier in this episode, my daughter and I having re- reoccurring dreams. 
And don't be like me. Don't wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and have this amazing dream and you know all of it and you're like, oh, I don't need to write it down because I'll remember. And then you wake up at seven and you don't remember anything and I'm getting so <laughs> yeah. mad at myself. Right. <laughs> yes. So catch it fresh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So psychics, singing psychics, mm-hmm. um, sometimes they can help connect. No, I think it's important to track this stuff, write it down like we just talked about. Another thing is that you need to put it in the forefront of your mind. So if this is something you want to learn about, you know, just like, for example, when you're pregnant, you all of a sudden start seeing a bunch of pregnant people because it's in the forefront of your mind. So they say, you know, get books, research it, put it in the forefront and then start being aware and then things will start being, you know, released to you in your memory. You do have to have an open mind about it. Absolutely. So, Mandy, you know, they say that you can't choose your own parents. I mean, it's like a saying, like, oh, well, you can't choose your parents. Well, actually, according to past life regression, um, according to past lives, old souls, soul contracts, soul family, you can and we do choose our parents. Well, then I chose well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. So did I. Thank goodness. But we do. So if you, there's a lot of books out there. There's so many books, like the one Mandy mentioned by Michael Newton, Destiny of Soul. Also Brian Weiss, any of Brian Weiss's books. Also, there's a book called Testimony of Light. That is an amazing book. And Um, many, many books. mm -hmm. And, you know, they all, they all kind of have this commonality. They all have this, that we have a soul group or a soul family that we have soul contracts with them that we do choose together to go down and support each other in our lives as we evolve with each life. Yeah, you know, uh, Newton talks about how in all of his cases he's found that people's soul families, you know, are usually between two to 25 people. That's a lot. I will say that I definitely know some people here that I have met that I'm not related to but are 100% my soul family like John Woodruff the fireman who saved me you know you just know it Shanna let's talk about that thing that people always say oh you're just an old soul you know my son Connor we we say that about him teachers say that about him right what do you think that really truly means well I can tell you this much. I think that for my family, we all think that Kensley is like way older than us when it comes to soul. Yeah. It's like they have more experience. They know things they shouldn't know. They just are so far beyond the average thinker at their age. Right. They're just not concerned about certain things that a lot of us in life are concerned about. Yeah. I mean, it took me 40 plus years to research and learn and experience some things that Connor knew when he was like six. I know. They're like been there, done that like a thousand or so times. Yeah. So soul families, soul groups, and you know, people ask, why are we here? What is it? What is this life about? I'm here to gather experiences of karma. History repeats itself until we learn from it and change our path. And I think that's what we do. Every life we have, we have a chance to change our path. The Akashic Records actually state that every single thing we do affects our future. So kind of like the butterfly effect. 
So every single movement, everything we do today can change that future record. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so that so that karma. Karma. Karma does play a huge part. What you reap, you sow. But people also think karma is like this negative thing. Like it's, oh, you're a punishment. It's not, like Shanna stated, it, karma is just a way to evolve. Got it. And from, from, one, it. from one life to the next. Yeah. So the more lives you have, the older the soul you're... Yeah, well, and Michael Newton even talks about the different lives that you have. You can have, be a certain level, and he believes that this life between lives, people are actually represented by colors. It's very fascinating. Some people are yellow, some people are orange, some people's spirits are, are blue, and it's all based on your soul level. So you can be inexperienced and need more growth, and you could be at a higher level. They have the elderly level. Like, it's very interesting. So it sounds also like there's different dimensions or planes. Yeah, definitely different dimensions and planes. And that could be a whole nother podcast, my friends. <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> And I think I have been blessed enough to be on two of them. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. One through a past life regression and one through my, wow. my near-death experience. So, cool topic. We I loved researching it. We've literally just, you know, grazed this topic. There's so much more to it. Right. But the reason that we chose this topic is because it's fun, and we hope it inspires you to go out and do your own research and you know, become aware that this is something that could be possible for your pain you feel today and might need healing from a past life. So Shanna today is going to break that shit down. All right. So I think the most important thing to consider is that you might be 2000 years old. Okay. (laughs) Well, damn, I look good then. (laughs) No, I would say, you know what? There is life after death. Almost every religion talks about it. Most of us feel it one way or another. However we feel like it's what's going to happen, almost everyone believes that our souls, our energy is immortal. Okay, so with that being said, would you be comfortable with talking about, I think it would be a perfect way to close out our podcast, Deepak Chopra and what he talks about how he knows that our energy goes on. Right. So he says that we are the I am. The same I am that when Moses asked the bush, what is your name? And God replied, I am that I am. And that is what God means. I am that I am. Energy cannot be destroyed. Mm-hmm. It lives on. You, you see can't. It, you can't define it. You can't make it. You can't make it. You can't destroy it. And you can't destroy it. And it just lives on. Although our mind and our body have a shelf life. They will die. But your soul does not. But your soul life. will not. This awareness, this higher consciousness, the spirit in us, when you think about mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul, that last part has no form, has no time, has no no shelf life. Are you your body? No, you are not your body because your body has changed. It has changed from when you were two years old to what it is now, and it's still going to change 10 years from now. So when I ask you, are you your body? So listeners, are you your body? You're not your body because your body will change. Okay. So so you're not the same body today. You may be the body right now in the present moment, but tomorrow your body can change, will yeah. change because our cells are constantly changing and recycling. Okay. So are you your mind? The 
the same mind I was born with? No. No. My, bu- my same... mind every my mind's different than five minutes ago because I'm learning from you right now. Right. And you're also not the same mind as you were a teenager. And you know you won't be the same mind when you're 80 years old. So therefore, your mind is changing. So you are not going to always be this mind. No. But what, who are you? I'm Mandy. You are Mandy. That has never changed. You are Mandy and you always will be. No matter what your body looks like, no matter what your mind looks like, you will still be Mandy. That will never change. Mm. And also what never changes is this present moment. This moment right here, right now, does not have a past, does not have a future. Mm. So the present moment in the stillness with the awareness is timeless. So your body and your mind has a shelf life, but your soul in this present moment is timeless. Love it. And I love Deepak as well. Yeah. Do do you know the name of this podcast? Yeah. It's called, so it's called Daily Breath. They're very short daily talks. Mm -hmm. And he just coincidentally, or synchronicity... (laughs) He just did one on reincarnation, and I highly recommend you listen to them. He just has such a beautiful way of putting things simply so that people like me can wrap my head around it. You know, I think it's important to say that if you do not listen and have awareness around these phobias or these mystery pains, or you just have this unsettling feeling you don't belong here... It could be because your past life needs healing and if you don't do it, you might find that you might try to cover it with, you know, toxins or drugs or alcohol or you're just going to feel unsettled and not whole. Right. If there's something about you that you can't connect to in this life, but you just feel it very heavy on your soul, Mm -hmm. it could be in your past life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was kind of my lead in to next week. Because it just so happens to be September, and that is the National Recovery Month. And so next week, we are going to do our topic on addiction. And I am in recovery, so I get to celebrate myself this month. Woo, woo. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about that. And we are super excited. And don't forget, if you have not yet, review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite platform. We would really appreciate that. We rise to lift you guys up. We love you. Thank you for participating in the last couple episodes. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.